Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. There's a term in our cultural narrative, the GOAT, greatest of all time. And this last week, one of the greatest of all time, Nick Saban, retired. And people were talking about who would be a good person to replace him as coach. And one of the things that often came up was, is who in the world would want to follow Nick Saban? Whoever Alabama hired, and I, as the coach from Washington, but I'm sitting there thinking, why would you want to follow a legend? Like, go to a bottom feeder school that used to be really good, and then you're going to be the hero. You can become the GOAT, but um, if you go and you take over from someone who's at the pinnacle, is there really anywhere for you to go but down? So what does that have to do with the call of Samuel? Samuel's mother, Hannah, had prayed day after day to have a child. She was in her old age before she has her uh, first kid, Samuel. And in those days, to not be able to conceive um, a child, you were assumed to have done something wrong. It would have been a, a source of um, ostracism and, and, and of shame. And so when Hannah finally has, um, gets pregnant with, with Samuel, she promises that she's going to offer Samuel to the service of the Lord. And so Samuel, you know, grows up in the temple system learning from this man named Eli, who was a priest. Now, Eli was a, a, a pretty good man, uh, but he had one major fault. He had two children who were horrible human beings, who also were priests. They would sit there and they would take the women who, were, um, who worked and serviced in the temple and sexually assaulted and abused them. He would go and he would take the offerings that people had made and, 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 and his sons would steal those things before the time that they were supposed to have it. And so Samuel is called to be a prophet in the midst of a diminished and broken temple system. A priesthood who has forgotten its calling. Samuel is not called to follow a Nick Saban. Samuel is called to preach a word of warning to the temple and to those who service in God's name. So which would you rather do? Would you rather learn under the guy whose sons are the ones that are the source of all the problems and then have to speak out against your mentor, or would you rather follow somebody who was at the pinnacle? Well, Samuel did not have a choice. Eli told his kids if a person sins against another person, that person could be reconciled. But if you're sinning against God, how can you be reconciled to God? 
We're told in the scriptures today that in those days the word from God was rare and there were few visions. This was a time in which the people either were so closed off to God that they could not hear God's voice or God was waiting for such a time as Samuel before speaking a word. St. Teresa of Avila says that in hindsight, we can see these moments of God's apparent um, um, space from us as a gift. Because then we can learn to be dependent upon the word that comes from God and not from the word that comes within ourselves. Canon Andrew Wide, um, who's nicknamed the Vicar of Baghdad, had 176 staff members who were killed while serving with him in the only Anglican church in Iraq. He himself was kidnapped, and yet through this suffering, it became the ground upon which others saw the necessity of the reconciling work of Jesus. It was in the midst of this suffering that Jesus appeared in visions to people who were suffering from hate and from terrorism. In other words, evil, like the evil that Eli's sons committed, does not prohibit God's action. It may be, in fact, the thing that makes us realize how much we need from God. Robert Farrer Capon says that the human race adheres devoutly to the belief that one or more application of power will bring in the kingdom. In other words, we sit there and we think that the problem is, is that we are not doing enough. So we think, he says, that one more invasion, one more war, one more escalation, one more jealous fit, one more towering rage. In short, he says, one more twist of whatever arm you can get a hold of will make goodness triumph and peace reign. But it never works, he says, never with persons since they are free and can as persons only be wooed and not controlled. In essence, to be human means that we oftentimes think we can do God better than God can do God instead of waiting and listening to a word from God. Now, what's interesting in this story is, is that Samuel is before the Ark of the Covenant. He's before the thing that, that Israel has collected all of their holy things, a jar that contained manna that fed the Israelites as they wandered in the wilderness. The tablets that Moses brought down from the, from, from the mountain. Samuel was in the very proximity of God, the very place you would expect God to be found and heard. And yet Samuel did not, was not able to hear that word. We oftentimes think that if we can just create um, our own sort of super disciplined structure, that that will be the thing that will get God to speak to us. But proximity is not always the thing that leads God to speak. 
Again, this is why in the Christian tradition that suffering has been seen sometimes as a gift from God because it is in the midst of our lowest that we can hear God's voice. I think there's also a question here about, do we really want to hear God's voice? I imagine Samuel probably did in theory, but when you have to go and speak out against the very structures and the very people who are your mentors, are you really that excited about that calling? Rowan Williams warns those of us who want to follow Jesus that we should be aware that Jesus may in fact send us to the very place we don't want to do. That we may be called to do something that we don't want to do. That we may have to do ministry with people we are uncomfortable with. In this cold snap, you know, the easy thing to do is to sit there and say, oh yeah, we want to be a warming station. And Christ Church has offered its facilities to the city of Tulsa for that very purpose. But when the vestry began to wrestle with whether we wanted to be an official warming station um, or not, one of the things that Deacon Bill did was say, well, we need to talk to someone and find out what we need to know. We can't just simply say, yeah, we want to do this and kind of go into it blindly. And so he met with Steve Whitaker, and Steve Whitaker told him all the things that are difficult about doing ministry with those who live on the streets. He says, what happens when they bring their animal into your facility? Are you ready for that? Are you able to deal with the medical conditions that they all face? Their filth, their uncleanness, the lack of access to, to clean clothes, all of these things that we don't think about, um, about what it actually means to do ministry with a group of people. So we have to think about, do we actually want to hear the word of God? Because God may tell us to do something we actually do not want to do. The last thing that's interesting to me in this story is, is that, now someone who's a better biblical scholar than I can check my math on this. But I think Samuel's the second, pro is the prophet that is called in Israel after Moses. So Moses is called, Samuel's the second prophet who is called, and then starts a line of prophets. Moses was called after he had murdered somebody and fled. Samuel was called in the midst of a broken system. And what this tells us is, is that God cannot be contained or prevented from our own human frailties and our own um, false ways of being. The thing that makes God God is that God is able to act despite our worst efforts and our best efforts. That God is a power which is at work in the world that we have to pay attention to even if we don't like what we hear. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.